This is Radio Dad with Mike Austin. Shining the spotlight on dads, stepdads, granddads, all dads. Bye, Daddy. And now, Mike Austin. Where did we get this music? You know what this sounds like to me? Hang on. You know what this sounds like to me is uh, the Real American Heroes. Uh, remember those commercials? Today we salute you, shoveler of snow, clearer of the driveway. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a real American hero. Okay, well. Hey, welcome aboard another uh, Radio Dad podcast. Mike Austin here, and we welcome you. Our thanks to our sponsors, BeRescued.com. Always uh, uh, sometimes I skip over our thanks for them, but uh, Be Rescued has been with us from the very beginning. BeRescued.com. My friend Mo Wolf started the company, handed it on, and uh, it's a family-owned business. Uh, and they use bee propolis to make natural products for your skin, for your health. They use a tooth gel, a shaving balm. Uh, the original rescue balm is all about uh, put it on your rough hands, Dad. Put it on cracks, dry skin. Uh, if you get a cut, uh, anything you can use a, an antiseptic uh, cream for, you can put it on there. Even sunburns, it helps, and, and minor burns. So uh, berescued.com, that's the rescue balm. And, oh, and they make a lip thing, too, like uh, like a lip balm for chapped dry lips. So there is that. And we'll hear from them later in the show. Today, we got a couple of guests. Uh, first of all, Dr. Jay Geed is going to join us. He's uh, out to the... Uh, University of California, San Diego, a neuroscientist. Uh, and I want to talk about your boy's destructive behavior. Dad, you know you did it too, depending on your age. When my age, when we were kids, as soon as you got your bike, you wanted to be evil Knievel. And you'd make a ramp, you'd jump over. And then I got into skateboarding, guys. And it's always the guys who do it. And it's sort of in us to perform. And sometimes it is destructive behavior. And with the advent of the internet, I mean, a couple of years ago, there was that fire challenge. Guys would set fire to their chest just so they could jump in the shower and put it off. Um, there's a ton of different things like that throughout time. And I think it has always been there. It's this, um, yeah, it's kind of a destructive prove my manhood kind of thing. And, and maybe destructive is the wrong way to put it. But we're going to talk to Dr. Jay Geed about that first up here in just a minute as we pull him up on the phone. Later on, we're going to call my friend Tim Myers. He's a senior lecturer. Man, we got a California guys today at uh, Santa Clara University in California and a professional storyteller. And uh, Tim wrote a book called Glad to be Dad. And I want to find out what that's all about. So, uh, And we'll talk a few, uh, little bit about storytelling and, and stuff like that here on the Radio Dad podcast. Tell your friends that we're talking about dadliness, fatherhood, and not in just a goofy way. We try to be entertaining and stuff, but you know, so many uh, things that talk about being a dad uh, go right down into, yeah, my beard, my uh, my whiskey, my beer, my uh, being a goofball or having a man cave and like that. And I may have said it on the last podcast. I'd like to start a trend of getting back to dad having an office or a study. Doesn't mean you have to be a brainiac in a lab coat or have a three-piece suit with a, you know, a uh, a tweed jacket and a vest, smoke a pipe in your study, hello, with a hound at your feet and a fire. But But really, if we just push ourselves to the level of just nothing but these grunting, hairy, 
guys who just want to sit and watch football and hockey and boxing and 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 UFC stuff and 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 uh, grunt and groan and whatever. A man cave. Let's get away from that and have a study. You could still have pictures and posters and stuff. You can have a bar in your study. Let's class it up a little bit, though. So that's my uh, that's my next. <laughs> we're in the process of selling our house, the Austin family compound, to buy another one because we're going to have my wife's dad move in with us. And that's a whole other show, taking care of elderly parents. Let's do that next time, maybe. We're going to um, have dad uh, over for the Super Bowl. We can have a Super Bowl show next time. But... Um, so in our new house, one of my goals is to have a study. Oh, man, I want to do that. Let's bring back the wood-burning fireplace. Everything's gas fireplaces now because we don't want to hurt the trees, even though we can regrow as many as we want. Splitting wood is a good manly thing, and I love it, but you can't find a house with a regular fireplace anymore. They're all gas fireplaces. Well, I digress. I'm jumping off the point. Uh, let's get to our first guest today on the Radio Dad podcast. Again, tell your friends, share it, like it, get over to radiodad.com, uh, the podcast page there, uh, and in any number of social media outlets. I appreciate it. Our first guest is Dr. Jay Geed. He is a, um, a neuroscientist and a teacher and lecturer at UC San Diego. And he joins us to talk about destructive behavior in boys, which has kind of always been there, hasn't it, uh, Doc? Um, and I think that destructive would, wouldn't be the right word. It's more risk, the risk-taking. I agree, very similar, you know, in terms of, um, uh, you know, too destructive, but that the in- intent isn't to, um, isn't to lose in terms of uh, the biology is, is for sensation-seeking and risk-taking, okay. which, which are, are different. Right. Um, this sort of comes down to trying to prove your manhood, I guess. I think that it, it is an proving manhood or, you know, attracting attention. But, yeah, I think, I think fundamentally it, it's at, you know, displaying bravery in a sense that that's a, a trait that we ad- admire. And it's a um, fine line between, you know, bravery and stupidity. <laughs> I think I've heard that before, actually. I want to put it on a coffee mug or something. There's a fine line between bravery and stupidity. Real American hero. Anyway, uh, so this, I, there was a couple of years ago, I remember, and this was more, I mentioned early in the show, you know, we used to use our bikes like Evil Knievel. We'd jump ramps and stuff like that. Guys have always done that. Boys especially have always done that. But this, uh, I don't know, with TikTok, it started off with YouTube, now it's TikTok, and there's a number of different outlets where guys will, guys, young boys, We'll try various things to get noticed, I think. And remember a couple of years ago, there was one, it was the fire challenge, I think it was. There's stuff, you know, stuff things up your nose or do some weird stunt. But the fire challenge, I remember, I think it was boys just lighting themselves on fire and then jumping in the shower. Yeah, and I think part of it is the um, exhibitionism aspect of, of the Internet in terms of that it takes more and more for us to get um surprised and, and shocked um, at, at the behavior. And I will be bad at predicting what comes next, but when I see these things, I think, well, we wouldn't, wouldn't have seen that one coming right, right, kind right. of uh, attitude. But um, I think that the social media aspects, they can really spread the meme and the, and the, um, the, the trends much more quickly than, than before, because so, so many people you know, around the world watch the same uh, clips. 
that things that might um, have taken months or years to sort of uh, become a fad now can happen uh, seemingly overnight. Okay, so let's get all advicey and everything. Because here we are, we're dads out here in the trenches. We're, you know, we got our boys. We we want uh, to be rugged. You know, really, that's a boy's thing. We want to be rugged. We take them in the woods. We... Or, or fix the car or whatever, right? But left on their own, they're going to get into crazy stuff. We did. And some of it's dangerous, yes. So how do we talk to them? What do we do? Because uh, quite honestly, it can go in one ear, not the other. I know my dad would talk and I would, after a while, you hear wah, 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 <laughs> you know, like Charlie Brown. But we've got to connect in some way. We've got to be able to just do more than just show, hey, you know, what you're doing is kind of dumb. It's a destructive behavior. Yep, it sure is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think a big part of the challenge is sort of choosing your battles in terms of, of that. I'm um, not sure what you know, the actual numbers of, of teens that, you know, doing this are in terms of, you know, percent-wise. I imagine it's, it's quite, uh, quite small. But it, it's in terms of the certain things like this that, you know, are potentially have long-term consequences and things like car accidents, substance abuse, um, unwanted pregnancies, uh, incarceration, the, 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 a handful of kind of big ticket items that I think are um, you know, worth going to battle over. But, and then there are other things like types of dress or, or hair, possibly even like tattooing and piercing is sort of in the, the middle zone of those, um, you know, where it's really hard to make blanket statements about, um, you know, whether it's good or bad for the, their long-term mental and physical health. But I think that, that one of the big challenges is, uh, you know, of separating the types of behaviors that have very long-term consequences from those um, that are more just uh, unique to their generation and, and sort of puzzling to adults, but, but perhaps not dangerous. But obviously, uh, a parent, just uh, a slight miscue could lead to, you know, horrible uh, tragedies. But my, but my point is this, at some point, yeah, you got to have a conversation. You've got to be able to talk, man to man and how does a dad bust through how does a dad point out that yeah i know you think you're invisible or invincible i should say uh but you know it only takes one miscue you know and and i don't know maybe it's the watching of the video itself on the internet as uh, somebody doing something stupid and you watch it go look at how dumb that guy is yeah i, I mean know. i think that, that it, it could actually provide the opportunity you know for just that of, of uh you know kind of uh, watching them together and saying you know really uh, you know is that uh, you know what, what what do you um think about that because even with the the um risk-taking and sensation-seeking it, I think it is worth noting, too, people don't, you know, want to hurt themselves. They don't want to, like, damage their brain. They don't want to have long-term consequences. They do want to um, establish their independence and that they're different from their parents and from older people um, and that they are brave and, and able to take on these, these sort of challenges. But I think that they very few truly, you know, want to um, harm themselves and certainly suicidal and self-injurious behavior does happen, but I think it's, it's a, a quite a different uh, phenomenon than uh, typical um, teen bravado. Yeah, Dr. Jay Geed is on with us. He's a UC San Diego neuroscientist who, we're talking about destructive behavior in boys, but yeah, I think that's probably the wrong wording, but uh, it's it, proving your manhood uh, kind of stuff. Young teen boys specifically, they're at that point where they want to impress their friends, impress the girls, you know, uh, prove my manhood. Uh, I can take it. I can take the pain. I can look at me, the risk taker. I'm, 
you know, and and that kind of thing. Kind of makes you wonder though, what's around the corner? Because each individual generation seems to come up with something crazier and crazier. I, I you know, I guess if we could figure that out, we would uh, have uh, have a good future in in you know, detecting yeah. trends and and fashion things. But it is uh, it is interesting to see sort of what you know what catches on of all the things that that could happen. You know, piercing movements and stuff as well. They they sort of. Um, ebb and flow on what used to be shocking a couple of years ago is, is commonplace now. Yeah, I tell my kids, when I was a kid, sailors and truck drivers and stuff were the only ones with tattoos and bikers. And criminals, yeah. yeah, and criminals. yeah. It used to be, you know, a, a sort of a meaningful um, you know, in, indication, um, at, at least in, you know, Western cultures. And, and you know, now, now it's, in a sense, kind of no big deal in terms of um, people have to, you know, do more and more body modifications to get the the uh, shock factor, yes. but it's um it is it is hard as a parent to know you know when to you know be concerned and and the relationship that you already have um, with your teens influences a lot about you know how best to, to deal with it. Well, it's a it's a minefield that is for sure. I appreciate your time on a short notice like this, and uh, we'll keep our eyes open for this stuff. Yeah, it's a pleasure talking with you. All right, we're going to take a break and come back. We'll have a message here from our good our friends, our sponsors at BeRescued.com. Up next, Tim Myers and glad to be dad. He's a, he's a groovy cat. You're going to love it. Stick around with the Radio Dad podcast. You know, we've talked for years about the Be Rescued, Be Propolis products from BeRescued.com here on Radio Dad. And that's because Be Rescued uses no antibiotics, no chemicals of any kind. That means the products you get from BeRescued.com are 100% pure and natural. But try it for yourself in the new year. From skincare products specially designed for men and women to uh, even toothpaste, you're going to love the Be Propolis products at BeRescued.com. That's kind of happy. This is happy little music right here, isn't it? You get a ukulele on anything, and it's happiness right there. Mike Austin back with you here on the Radio Dad podcast, and uh, we're going to lighten it up just a little bit here. Are you glad to be a dad? You know, it's hard being a dad. There's confusion. There's It's tough. You, you're, you're, you know, do you hug your daughter? Do you shake hands with your son? I don't know. It's, there's a lot of pitfalls in being a parent at all, plus just being a dad. Well, you got to be glad that you're a dad. And so we'll welcome my friend Tim. Tim Myers is uh, an author, a children's book author, uh, a story. He's a professional storyteller. How cool would that be <laughs> for your job? And senior lecturer at Santa Clara University in California. Uh, and I just found out recently a songwriter as well. Tim, you've got to stop working so hard, Mister. Yeah, Mike, I so appreciate it. I, I love being on the show. I think what you're doing is just fantastic. And uh, I, I, something tells me you're a pretty hardworking guy too. So we'll leave that at that. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I like to stay busy because I stay out of trouble. Please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Myers, author of this book, "Glad to Be Dad." Before we get into "Glad to Be Dad," though. You write children's books? I didn't know you write children's books. I do. In fact, I have 11 children's books out, I'm delighted to say. So I, I love writing for kids. I, I started out as an adult writer, but when I had kids, I started reading children's books to them. And my wife's a reading specialist. She's amazing. Uh-huh. And I realized what children's literature could be. And then I just fell in love with it. I just, I just love it. Well, aside from talking about Glad to be Dad, which I promise we will get to, because I'm, I'm just I'm intrigued by the title. Uh, but I, I got to tell you, uh, we could do a whole show on how good it is, what a great thing it is for dads 
to become storytellers to their kids, sit them down and make oh, up yeah. stories. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, I found, this is, again, I became a storyteller because I started, I, a lot of parents do this, tell stories to their kids, make things up or tell stories when their yeah. kids are going to bed. And um, that just kind of blossomed in my life. And then later, you know, I became a professional storyteller. But you are so right, Mike. I mean, this, the power of the parent storyteller. And you don't have to be, like, formal. You don't have to be trained. You tell life stories. And there are so many stories out there, great folktales, that you can find so easily. Your kids will eat out of your hands, not to mention the unbelievable educational benefits you're giving your kids right. by doing that. Right. Yeah, and, it's, and, a, it's a win-win. Here's what I like to do. And again, trust me, Tim, we're going to talk about glad to be dead. I, well, but here's what I like no to do. Problem. I like sitting the kids down. Now, they're getting a little older. We haven't done this for a while. When they were little, we would sit them down. I would at the end of the day before bedtime. And I would give, yeah. Yeah, I have four at home right now. I have six all together, but four at home. Wow. And I would, but I would give each one, I would say, okay, you give me a noun. You give me a place. You give me, you know, I would say, give me a name of, a, of an animal. Give me a... Uh, something, you know what I mean? And I would take each one of the things that they gave me and I would weave a story. I'd make it up as I went along. And you know, and it's funny because not, obviously not everybody is going to be or feel as comfortable as you are being quick on your feet with that. But but all of us have imaginations. Yeah. We can use that kind of method or even something simpler. I did for years, I did with my sons, I told them the stories, uh, the stories about Barney and Ollie, an orangutan and a gorilla, and every night they escaped from the San Francisco Zoo. So like you, I just made things up. And my kids loved it. And then also when I learned folktales, because one of the reasons I believe in telling these traditional stories is that they've already been worked out. And they're just... Oh, magnificent, yeah. full of values, full of learning, full of human nature, history, culture, all the rest of it, but told in ways, you know, that kids love. So there are a million ways to do it, and I can't imagine a parent who can't be a storyteller. You just got to get in there. Yeah. I, I salute you for what you do, Mike. Well, and I, I, wouldn't you say the more you do it, the better you get? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing is, your kids are going to love it anyway so much at the beginning, and usually you do it when they're young, so you can feel very comfortable starting out whatever you think you're ability or performance level, that doesn't matter. You just get much better. And I'm sure you've seen that in your own telling. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It just rolls. And then you can you play off of each time you tell the story. You can play off of that. It's great. Let me talk. Let's talk about Glad to be Dad. Sure. Uh, this is not your latest book, though, is it? Uh, actually, these, this I had a book of adult poetry, this book, and a children's book called Down at the Dino Wash Deluxe come out last year. So in a sense, it's my latest. I mean, I had yeah. the other two came out around the same time. But, All right. Yeah. What I like about even the title, now I have to tell you, I I contacted you simply on the title of that book because it, 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 well, it's glad to be dead. It says so much that, that is there. We all should be, as, as gentlemen, we should be glad when we become dad. We should Absolutely. be glad that we, are, that we have been given this mantle to hold up, this nobility torch, so to speak, to hold up high. Exactly. No, I, Mike, I can't agree more. Uh, one of the things, too, I guess in some ways two big pivots in my book are, first of all, it's only fair that men should be committed to their families. You know, their wives are working. So many wives are living lives, as one woman called it, of routine panic. You know, so many women are in the workforce now. But my biggest point is you, you should be a, a committed father for your own selfish reasons. There are very few things in life. And, and, you know, being a real father, being a real mother is 
hard work and there are rough times, but there are very few things in life that are ever going to bring you the joy, the satisfaction, the long-term relationship with your children. And for God's sakes, I became a better person. I mean, just what I learned about life from being with my kids, it's, it's so good for men. It should be, you know, it should be sold as a medicine. Yeah. You go to your doctor, you know, doctor, I'm become a committed dad. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be good for you just like exercise. I love that. And glad to be dad. Do you, uh, do you spell out some of the things that, I mean, the, the, obviously the good points, uh, the positive points, which do have to be pointed out sometimes to us Absolutely all. Absolutely do. What, what, Mike, this is a great point. I, in fact, I spell them out in great detail. One of the chapters, for example, is called Benefits to Men, Home Life Benefits. Um, one of the problems here is, and I don't know what it's like for you, but for so many of us, especially in my generation, we didn't have any models of being a committed father. Right. I mean, my dad was a committed father, but he was a committed father in the sense that we never saw him. He worked all the time and just provided. And our relationships with him suffered for that. We have to kind of forge a new way of doing this, men in our generation, men in the current generation who are now having children. Um, but And they need to understand how much this is good for them. And I think your point is a great one. It needs to be pointed out. We need to help each other understand that. Yeah. I got to say, my dad was a old World War II guy, grew up in the Depression. That's that era Me we're too. talking about. Dad was Dad was there. We went fishing together. We used to split wood awesome. together. Oh, I love those times. The thing is, though, getting those guys to open up a little bit deeper. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. That's, yeah. that's and, what was yeah. missing. Well, and you know, that's one of the things, too. I think uh, my dad and actually the wonderful uh, Tom Rand, Dr. Thomas Rand, a former colleague of mine, wrote the intro to this book. And he, we talked about this a lot. And one of the things he said was he grew up with the idea that as a father, you backload your relationship with your kids. In other words, when they start getting older and go to college, that's when you really have a relationship with them. Hmm. And my dad was like that. And he said, what I learned from you and Priscilla, my wife, my amazing wife who taught me so much about this, he said, is that no, as a father, you front load. Like your dad, you're there with them from the beginning. Like you telling stories to your kids. And in a way, Mike, you telling stories to your kids means you're taking an extra step because that means you're becoming more open and emotionally engaging with your kids. It just happens, right? Right. right? When there's more conversation and all the rest of it. So I think you've really put your finger on it, too. This new man is going to be happier than many millions of us are because we can express our emotions more. We're not so caught up in that, you know, like that, kind of like my dad worked so hard. He was like a horse in harness sometimes, (laughs) you know? Well, you know, the thing is, and there's nothing wrong with working hard. Let's all be honest about it. No, that. no, there's not. <laughs> that, I, I got a work ethic from my dad that was just like crazy. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. you mentioned that uh, that um, we don't have some a model to learn from uh, from our dads. And I would even say the generation that are dads now, the twenty somethings, thirty somethings that are becoming dads now, who did have kind of you know uh, guys, your yeah. my, we were around. The problem is the culture that's out there and the way dads are portrayed to these oh. young men is not always conducive to being a good dad. I could not agree more. In fact, there's a, a number of sections in Glad to be Dad about this. And let me just give you one example of this, too. I, I brought up a number of examples of how the idea that committed father doesn't even seem to occur to a lot of people. There's one in the book where there's an article about uh, U.S. soldiers 
who died in Afghanistan or Iraq. You know, these are young men who died there. And the article talks about their families and the effect on their families. And it talks about how much it hurts their mothers. And it talks about how much it hurt their siblings. And fathers aren't even mentioned. I mean, this every time I think of this, I'm like, you really, somebody would take my grief if my son were to die in a war and, and just, like, ignore that? You're really right, Mike. Part of this is that we have to change the culture. And, of course, you change the culture in two ways. You change it from the inside by people living it differently. But then you've got to change it from the outside. So, you know, when you think about how, that, 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 how important it is that the culture have these images and models of, of really committed dads, and we're starting to see this, for example, in TV and movies to some degree, Mm-hmm. But that's why men have to help each other formulate these things. And writers and radio hosts and website hosts are, are making a difference. Yeah. And it's going to take a while. You know, culture, changing culture is like that thing they always say about turning one of those oil tankers. You know, it takes miles to do it. It's just, it's just not easy. Yeah, I think the tide is turning a little bit. I have quite an affiliation with the National Fatherhood Initiative in, uh, in Maryland. Excellent. A great group of people, and they really do a lot of good work. Um, as far as helping that, that sort of that tide turn a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. And so you see more and more of those kind of things pop up. And your book, Glad to be Dad, there's a lot more resources out there than I think gentlemen understand. And I think if, if one of the things as guys we do that I don't think moms do is we, we sort of have this pride thing. We have this knight in shining armor thing where we're going to rescue the castle on our own. We don't need help. We don't need those guys yeah. over there. I got yeah. this. I'm the commander. I have felt from the beginning that uh, men and women had unbelievable amounts of things to learn from each other, and I think that's that's so true. And one of the ideas here, or the idea that you're, the point you're making right now is a great one. This cooperative approach is, is critical. And, I mean, my wife still laughs about the time I... I ended up, in, we were in the car trying to get somewhere, and I wouldn't stop and ask for directions, and I en- actually ended up in a field in Wisconsin, by the way, Mike, among cows, <laughs> the car among cows. Uh, you know, and I'm like, the highway's right there. She's like, we can't get there. <laughs> you know, I was doing that typical male yeah. thing. We, we definitely need to learn, and I've learned, and I've been really lucky to be married to the person I'm married to because together we are just infinitely more powerful, resourceful, and effective than we are separately. And we really learned how to work together. Gentlemen, if you want to find out some, some good information about uh, about what it takes to be a good dad, whether you're a stay-at-home dad or whether you're not, how do you connect with your kids better? How do you connect with your wife better? How do you become that knight in shining armor she wants and still look for help from your buds? Well, it's all right here. It's called Glad to be Dad. Tim Myers wrote the book, and uh, you can find this just about anywhere, can't you, Tim? You can. It's on Amazon. It's all over the yeah. How about you your children's books? My, my website is www.timmyersstorysong.com, all one word. And you can find a bunch of links there to that book and to other of my books. There's where it. I plug it, Mike. There you go, man. There you go, Tim. I appreciate your time today, and thanks for being on Radio Dad. You're, you're welcome anytime. Oh, Mike, I appreciate it. I'd love to do more if it ever comes up in the future. Yes, glad to be dad with Tim Myers. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's going to do it for the Radio Dad podcast this time around. Keep us up to date, and uh, we'll keep you up to date. And by that, I mean you can keep in touch with us through radiodad.com. Send me an email. Uh, like us on Facebook. Shoot me a message that way if you've got a story idea, uh, something really cool about positive dads, granddads, stepdads, single dads, married dads, whatever it happens to be, it's all dadly. 
the Radio Dad podcast brought to you by our friends over to BeRescued.com, natural products to heal and keep your family healthy. All of our guests today from Dr. Jay Geed, our thanks to him, to uh, Tim Meyer's books. Uh, all of those will be linked up. You go to RadioDad.com when we have the podcast posted there, and uh, you can get those links. I'm Mike Austin. My thanks to you for being here. We'll see you next time on Radio Dad.